Support for the Quite Unusual Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently launched the ultimate hygiene bundle for the man in your life, the Performance Package. Help him join over 8 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code QUITEUNUSUAL at manscaped.com. Manscaped has everything you need to get your sweaty, hairy balls gross and bush under control. It's not just for men, it's for everyone. It's time to take care of the hairy people in your life. So go to manscaped.com and get 20% off plus free shipping with code QUITEUNUSUAL. That's right, 20% off and free shipping if you use the code QUITEUNUSUAL at manscaped.com. Get those hairy balls and bush under control with Manscaped. Whoa, how how did you do that? I don't know, it just came out of me. It was amazing. Quite unusual. Hello, and welcome to the Quite Unusual Podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Noelle. And I'm vomiting. And that's... I'm Nicole. And that's Nicole. She doesn't feel good. I don't feel very well right now. But I promise you I won't. I'll try not to vomit during this episode. Okay. Just don't do it into the mic. Just if you have to do it, go go away from the mic. Oh, I'll edit it out if I do it, okay? You're going to ruin it, man. (laughs) It's just... (laughs) Mike's gonna be full of vomit. Rode's gonna hate that. We're gonna have to call uh, him up. Rode, we need we need new mics because Nicole vomited all over our Someone's equipment. Caked with vomit. Well, can I can I give you um I think I have some something to say to you that's gonna make you feel a little bit better, actually. Mm-hmm. In this town, mm-hmm. we call home. Mm-hmm. Everyone hails to the pumpkin song. <laughs> Okay, but real question though, huh. and also everyone is going to probably kill me for saying this. I have never seen the Nightmare Before Christmas. Okay, uh, to counter that, everyone's going to kill me for this. It's fine. <laughs> it's fun. It's on my list, but I have this is a two part. I guess this is my question. But this is a two part two part hate crime. Okay, yeah. <laughs> is the Nightmare Before before Christmas, a Christmas movie or a Halloween movie? Because I've never seen it, so I don't know. I think it's both. Um, so the premise of this, I guess it's not giving anything away, really, because it's also I mean, been I've, out for I've 25 seen, years. <laughs> I've seen it all. Uh, you know. Around. You went to Hot Topic once. You basically yeah. have seen the movie. Yeah. 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 So he goes, it's like Halloween Town is like part of like this universe of all like the like easter town and like christmas town and like whatever uh-huh. so i think that it's kind of both because like it's about a halloween story okay but like it's but it's about kind of like takes over christmas too at the same time okay I'm so like it involves both holidays heavily so i feel like it's both it's whatever you you know it's okay. Two sides of the same coin, man. Because I was going to put it on my uh, 31 movies for Halloween list. But then I was like, is it I think, a Halloween movie? I think above all else, um, it's a theater kid movie. It is. It is a theater kid movie. It is. And I'm saying that as a person who loves Tim Burton movies. I yes. love Claymation. I love a cartoon moment. I put Frank and Weenie on my list. Frank, You would like Frank and Weenie. I've seen Frank and Weenie. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's so cute. I like all of it. I think... 
I don't know. People really make it their personality. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things. They have like the Jack Skellington, like the uh, beanie and then like the backpack. Yeah. All I from love- Hot Topic, like you said. Yes. <laughs> and I'm not anti that whatsoever. No. Oh my gosh, I love I'm not. Are you kidding me? Where do you think I got all of my Twilight memorabilia in high school? Where do you think I got Hot Topic? Where do you think I got my $100,000 pants with all the chains on them that mm-hmm. I had to take off in school or else I was going to get another Saturday detention for scratching the chairs? <laughs> all my gauges, I bought those at Hot Topic <laughs> and the little kiosk. In the mall. One time I almost got suspended from middle school because I was wearing a hoodie. It was, I think it was a Nightmare Before Christmas hoodie. Really? And I had a duct tape um, pentagram on the back of it. <laughs> Just duct tape. And and you probably, you didn't even know what that meant, like, as a child. No, absolutely so not. just like, this is a cool symbol I'm like, that I've God, seen it on Like, everything in my life is a misery. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I was like a little goth twat, right? Yeah. So I just like had one. I like put it on my hoodie and was like, this is fucking metal, dog. I'm so metal. I'm going to go home and listen to Trapped later. Like, <laughs> whatever, right? Drowning pool. Oh, don't even get me started on Mudvayne. Are you kidding right now? It's formative for me. So um, I was approached by the dean and I was told that if I don't take my hoodie off right now, I will be suspended. And I cried like a little bitch. And then he, I took so it. So that was very goth of you. I took, that's, what, that's what goth kids do. Okay, okay. That's what they we cry do. when they get yelled at. Yeah, I still do that. I, I do too. It's hard not to. Yeah. Actually, I, one of two things happens when I get yelled at. Mm-hmm. I cry or I turn that into extreme rage and I yell. You get punchy. Yeah. 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 I think that the true mark of like if like you're crying in a goth way or not is if you leave <laughs> If you leave the mascara and like eyeliner lines the from your tears. tears on your cheeks yeah. as an aesthetic afterwards. Yeah. That's why goth people cry. Yeah. So absolutely. they can have the look. It's the final step. It's the second to final step of your makeup routine. The final step everyone knows is it's setting spray. Mm, so yes, it doesn't doesn't yes. run anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, have we answered all of your questions? You have. Okay. You have answered all of my questions about the nightmare for Christmas and what it's like to be a child goth. <laughs> My new book is coming out in the spring. My, My life, life. <laughs> colon, as a child goth, <laughs> baby goth. Oh, that's yeah. It's kind of cute. It is cute. I was a baby goth once. Baby goth. Okay, so do baby we want to? Shall goth. we get baby bottle goth? <laughs> do we want to get into the episode? Yes, I am. You have a lineup of your next two episodes. I am. So stoked for it. When I think you, I just have one more left. Yes, this one lineup. plus the next one. You told me about it, and you told me about this one, and one of my nipples got hard. You told me about the other one, and the other <laughs> the nipple other got nipple. hard. And it was, honestly, it was crazy. I wish I had, like, a spring I could do. It's, that's that's all I got. That's for my, so, so overused. We need, like, a boing, boing, boing. We need, Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait we, we have, have one. one of those. We have one, but it's the bonco meter. That, those that, are my nipples. Those are your nipples. When Nicole told me. <laughs> When Nicole told me the next this topic and the next one, this is what happened to my body. Yeah. <laughs> so this is an interesting one. And so a few weeks ago, I mean, actually, it could be months ago now. I don't know wh- what time is, especially after doing this episode. So weeks, months, who knows? We were talking about simula- simulation. 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 Simulation theory. Like a cat, like simulation simulation theory and glitches in the matrix 
We have been talking about this just in our free time a lot yeah. lately. Yes. Well, so it started because I had watched the documentary on HBO, well, Max, called A Glitch in the Matrix, which is basically just about simulation theory, which is basically says that the existence that we know or our reality is actually just a computer-generated simulation, sort of like the Matrix. And after watching this documentary, I decided that I had to do an episode on this topic. So before we get into the details, though, I just want to make sure that we all know what the movie The Matrix is. Or if you haven't seen it, you at least know what it's about, I would hope. First of all, if you guys haven't seen The Matrix, this is, in my opinion, my humble opinion, number one, a cinematic masterpiece. Number two, one of the greatest movies out there. It's pretty good. Number three, everyone in this movie is a fucking slam piece. So hot. Like, ugh, right? Even, even the, what's that? I don't even know what his name. The bald guy. I can't think of the actor's name. Even him. Even the bald guy. Even the bald guy. <laughs> That's how hot everyone is in this he's movie. He's got like the, he's, I could just picture the bald head with like the little weird mustache thing. Oh my God. I don't, I, he's in a lot of movies. I just can't think of his name. Even he can get it. Even... Uh, the man who's <laughs> bald in that movie, uh, Joe, the cipher, Joe Pantoliano. Yes. There he is. Mm-hmm. Even that guy. Even Joe Pantoliano. Googling but really, if you haven't seen or heard of The Matrix, have you been living under a rock? Oh, yeah. Uh, I know you're into like a bald man with a little mustache. <laughs> That's my thing. It's kind of your type. <laughs> so, preferably plays in a garage band. Whatever. <laughs> I know that's your type. So... <laughs> I get, I get, I get how well, you I love them. What can I say? Love it. It's your type. So uh, anyways, I'm going to give you all a brief little summary of the movie first before we get into everything else since this entire episode kind of revolves around it in a way. So if you don't know what the Matrix is, this is just not going to make sense to you. So Also, can I interrupt for one second? I just looked it up. If anyone hasn't seen it or if you just want to watch it again, it is streaming on Max, Hulu, Amazon mm, Prime perfect. and Sling TV. All right, so you have no excuse to not see it. You better go watch it. No. All right, The Matrix was written and directed by sisters Lana and Lily Wachowski. Wachowski? Wachowski? Wachowski. I would say Wachowski. And it stars Keanu Reeves and Lawrence Fishburne. Both of them could get it. Both of them could get it. Oy, oy, oy. <laughs> Wikipedia describes the plot of The Matrix as depicting a dystopian future in which humanity is unknowingly trapped inside the matrix and the matrix is a simulated reality that intelligent machines have created to distract humans while using their bodies as an energy source computer programmer thomas anderson Mr. Anderson. Mr. Anderson. Under the hacker alias Neo uncovers the truth and joins a rebellion against the machines along with other people who have been freed from the Matrix. And if you haven't seen it, stop this episode and watch it on the various streaming services that Noelle just called out. Do it now. Or don't. You want to take the red pill or the blue pill? Take the red pill or the blue pill. The red pill is when you watch The Matrix, The Blue Bell, is when you don't. 
but it's also blue raspberry flavored, which is the oh, best flavor. The, it so is like, the better flavor. Yeah. I feel like if I was offered a blue or red pill, I would take the blue one, oh, hoping yeah. it's blue flavored. And then it's I'd, got it's gonna be blue flavored. I'd be like, okay, I want to take it now because like so good, and, like have like the taste in my mouth. And then I'll take the red pill, which is probably mm. like cherry, but it tastes like Robitussin syrup. Yeah. We have definitely Cough talked syrup. about this. We have on we have the show before. Yeah, sorry guys, we've already had this conversation, or have we? Oh, fuck. maybe it was a different reality. Maybe it was an implanted memory. <laughs> Could be. So I don't know. Watch it or don't. Don't let me tell you what to do. But I do hope everyone listening to this has just even heard of the movie because that would be insane. It would be insane if you haven't. The Matrix is basically a movie about simulation theory. So what is simulation theory? Well, it's the thought that what we're experiencing in our world or reality is actually a simulated reality. So basically, the theory claims we're all just sims, kind of. And I know, I know, some of you are probably thinking, well, that's just insane talk. Well, it's not as insane as you may think it is. Are you taking crazy pills? (laughs) In fact, it's so not insane that a Swedish philosopher at the University of Oxford named Nick Bostrom published a whole-ass paper on this theory in 2003. And Nicole is going to read it verbatim right now. <clears throat> no, I'm just kidding. But yeah, I mean, like if I just get the paper right. out for you. If a philosopher writes a paper on it, there's got to be well, there's something to it, you know? Philosophers, can. Philosophers know things. It, or do they? I don't know. That's no another <laughs> philosophy right there. So Bostrom, the philosopher, explored the idea that in a highly technologically advanced future society, people could gain the capability to create intricate artificial realities using extremely powerful computers. And if such a scenario became achievable, it raises the likelihood that our current existence might be within a computer simulation akin to the concept depicted in the movie, The Matrix. That would make a lot of sense because, you know, like when you play The Sims and like you like lock them in a room and you take their bathroom away and then they Mm -hmm. pee themselves to death. You've done that just this morning. I I literally did that that earlier. (laughs) Or like do it. Or like the one time like I was cooking and then like the stove lit on fire and I ran around and going, oh, do that, do that, do that. You were just waving your hands around wildly and I had to come and get the fire extinguisher for you. And then the Grim Reaper showed up and I died. Yeah, you like curled into a little ball. That was That's like a Thursday night for me. <laughs> so in his paper, he explains that it's reasonable to consider that a highly advanced society could harness vast computing capabilities. And he goes into the idea that a substantial portion of this computer power could be directed towards replicating conscious human minds. And the possibility that future entities might choose to position these simulated minds within an intricately designed and convincingly realistic artificial environment. Kind of like the world we live in today. Or The Sims. Or The Sims. (laughs) But a major factor in this theory is that the duplicated humans within the simulation must remain unaware of the fact that they are living in a simulated reality. Okay, so, you know I love a conspiracy. Mm. You know I love, you a, you I love a weird little thing, right? 
You do. You yes. know, I think that life is dumb and pointless and all of this doesn't make any fucking sense and it's all just a crash. Nothing shoot, matters. And it's all chaos and whatever, right? But right. there's no plan for any of this. Nah. I am so deeply invested that this could be real. Yeah, me too. That I, I'm going to say I'm like, one, I'm, this is, I feel like we're, it is. I feel like we're in a simulation. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll continue and I'll, it's, it kind of gets scary. I will say doing this research, I was like, wait, wait, but you can't know because if you know, then they'll have to eliminate you. You can't be living in the simulation knowing you're living in the simulation. Unless that's like another inception type thing where like, you know, you're in the simulation and you're there to like start shit. Just like flat earthers are there to like start shit. But like Whoa. the earth is the earth flat. Or is it hot dog shaped? No one knows. <laughs> Not a single person knows. Well, we Not never... even one astronaut. No, we never went to the moon. <laughs> Buzz Aldrin's not real. It's an implanted memory. Could be. You I, never know. I did meet him at a symphony once, though. Did you? I did. It How? Was, he's really little. <laughs> All right. If you're still not with us on this, which, I mean, some half of you probably aren't. How could you not be? Okay, well, let me just put it this way. Think about video games. Think about how much progress we've already made with video games. Mm-hmm. We went from Pong in the 70s to VR now. Yeah, it it's is. crazy. Yeah. That's like somebody is, is still living today and has seen all of those changes. That's oh, nice. So many people. Yeah. So that's not, it's not that crazy. You don't even have to blow into like your Sega cassette anymore to make no, it work. You don't they even just have to. Work. <laughs> it just works. It's crazy. I mean, we basically already have this in our real world. We've all played The Sims. We've all built walls around our Sims and watched them repeatedly piss themselves, like Noelle said, and then eventually starve to death. Or we've all made them go into the pool and then just remove the ladder so they drown to death. Like, we've all done that. I was going to use that as an example. earlier because you know some of us maybe wanted to create a haunted house and in order to do that you need ghosts yeah absolutely so you put a you put a the uh the fake family in first and then you kill all of them and then you have a graveyard in the backyard and then you have your haunted house yeah or like i'm i can't be the only person who did this no i absolutely did that i absolutely did it also did you ever play roller coaster tycoon and you made all the food and drink free but you made you made a thousand dollars to use the bathroom yeah, or like if somebody, I also, oh, I loved Roller Coaster Tycoon. God, me too. I would get really mad, like if I caught someone throwing up in my park, <laughs> I would pick them up and put them in the middle of the woods as punishment. So ironic. <laughs> right. The freaking vomit queen of the Midwest. How dare you vomit on my <laughs> sidewalk? And then I would pick them up and put them in the woods, and then it'd be like, guest number 237 yeah. is lost. And it's like his face, and he's like, ooh. I would also make animals eat people in Zoo Tycoon if I, I didn't, didn't play like Zoo them. Tycoon. Oh, that really? I did one that time. That one was really fun. I did one time purpose purposefully make a roller coaster that, like you know, like how they shoot up. Yeah, and, and they're supposed dies. to go back, but they shot up, and then everyone just went off. Yeah, a murder, a murder coaster, murder coaster. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, that's how I would that's, like to die. Actually, that's what you do. Whoa, I would like to die in a murder coaster. No, that would be so scary. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever, nothing's real. <laughs> no, this is fucking real, man. Don't say it too loud for the uh, people orchestrating this simulation. The yeah, air. It is real. We're in a soundproof room. We're fine. <laughs> Anyways, that's a whole other argument for simulation theory. But do you ever just do something and not know why you did it? Every fucking day. You're like, that was stupid. Why did I do this? Yeah. Maybe it's because you didn't want to do it. 
but someone made you do it and then made you believe that you chose to do it. Somebody could be playing you right now. Just think about that, everyone. First of all, great character development because I am gorgeous. So good job on doing that. But second, like, come on, man. If you're if you're playing me, that's just so rude. Yeah, do better. Why? Why am I like this? <laughs> why, why? Why are you making me like this? Why did you make me like this? <laughs> and who knows who could be playing you? You could have a nice, level-headed person playing you, and your life is great. And then their demon sea little brother gets a hold of the game and makes you lose your job and whoa. Whoa. And makes you lose your job and cheat on your wife. Whoa. And then your life is in shambles. Yeah. Boner little brothers love to do that shit. They do. I used to do that to my brother whenever he would piss me off. As a younger sibling, that is your right. It was Halo and I (laughs) (laughs) almost saw my life flash before my eyes. I bet you fucking did. (laughs) But I felt really good about it anyway. So, And trust me. I know this is starting to sound like a Black Mirror episode, and I don't want everyone to think that we're crazy people for believing this, but there is something very interesting, interesting about this theory to me. So, yeah, I guess you can say I sort of took the red pill while doing this research. What flavor was it? Cherry. I was hoping it was strawberry. Right. Or like a watermelon. That would oh be my good. God. That would be so good. So good. But that's usually, I feel like the green ones are usually like watermelon. Or like pink. Pink is watermelon too. Yeah. yeah. I'll take the pink bell. Oh. <gasps> what if that turns into a Barbie? Barbie. <gasps> you go to Barbie land. <gasps> Wait, I want that. I want the pink pill. I want the pink pill. I want the pink pill. I bet it has glitter in it. Oh, totally. I want the glitter pill. Then you pill. just go to Barbie land and you, I want to live in Barbie land. I want to fucking, the outfits. <sighs> Let's not talk about Barbie. You We're never have to like rounds. actually shower or brush your teeth. Like you're just always clean and your outfits just happen. come. Yeah, they happen just and they happen. just look great and on most you. Most of them are Chanel. Oh, so nice. I want it. I also want that. There's no horses in Barbie land though. I learned that from the movie. Well, I mean, there is when the patriarchy comes. The patriarchy isn't even about <laughs> horses. <laughs> so at first... It might seem impossible to create a simulation as vast as our universe claims to be. (laughs) Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. But Bostrom did some calculations because, you know, he's a philosopher. He philosophized. Philosophized, Captain. So he did some calculations that suggested a highly advanced civilization could achieve this, could actually achieve this. Yeah. We like do it on like a small scale with ant farms and shit. Right. Yeah, we're, all, we're already in the Sims. We're already doing it. We do it with children, if you think about it. Exactly. So he, in his calculations, he came up with the fact that they could make so many virtual minds that they could potentially greatly outnumber the real ones. And he talks about an advanced civilization, and he calls this advanced civilization post-humans, which are basically just like super advanced humans physically and mentally advanced. And Bostrom talks about what he calls ancestor simulations. I'm fucking obsessed with this theory. I was talking to you about, because mm-hmm. I was like, this is insane. Like, I know I'm going to do it on the episode, but I just have to talk. I have to talk to you about it now. Like, I have to tell you this now. Nicole, the <laughs> fucking courage and bravery <laughs> I have shown by not fucking looking deeply into I this know. before and your then episode. I, I yelled at you and I told you, I was like, don't look it up. It's true. Because... Then you're going to ruin it. I want to me. Yeah. 
I cried. But I just, I had, I couldn't keep it in. I couldn't I keep it in. Was like, oh, I was fucking like shaking. It's you awesome. know what I did do though? What? There is an album by one of our friends called Post Human. Really? Yes. Um, their band is called Harm's Way. And I listened to that on repeat over and over. Oh, yeah. To try to not fucking <laughs> Google this. And I did it because it's like screaming music and it just shut my brain off. Do you really listen to them? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so a highly advanced post-human society could run these simulations as a way to study and learn about its own history. So by running these simulations, they would examine how people from the past behaved, how they thought. It's like using a time machine to understand our own past better. We do this, though, in real life now. Like, if there's mm -hmm. a plane crash or something, they will type in, like, all the information into, like, their little algorithm, and they will run a simulation of what they believe happened during this plane crash. So, mm -hmm. like, they'll set up the scenario and, like, kind of see what happens to it. Yeah. So we are already doing this. Right. So, like, I mean, in this in instance, it could be, okay, well, I want to go back to ancient Egypt. I want to see how they built the pyramids, like what technology were they using? What were they thinking? How were they doing this? Who came up with it? Mm -hmm. How did they come up with it? Right. So you would just go, you would create the simulation from this time mm -hmm. just as an observer. So you're not trying to meddle in anything because it's fake anyways. It's a fake simulation. Right. Um, and they would just see, you would just watch to learn about your history as a human like they give them all the tools to potentially create the pyramids mm -hmm. and see if they do do it or they just simply watch and see how they did it oh interesting just like how they yeah. did that how did who how did they create the wheel who created the wheel yeah how did they get the little spark in their head to even come up with it it's like human behaviors and patterns and stuff like that is like what they would use these to study yeah so they could also use these computers to go back and create a simulation of ancient Rome. Did you know that men, on average, think of the Roman Empire once per day? As the, I also saw a meme that was like, <laughs> uh, ancient Rome is to men what the John Benet Ramsey case is to women. Yes, absolutely. And I was like, wow, I've yeah. never, I've never understood men more. Dude, do they, they came up with like a new like. There's new evidence or something around the JonBenet case. Oh, yeah. There's like DNA, right? Yeah. I don't know too much, so Ooh. we won't derail this, but yeah. Yeah. So they could create this simulation to go back and just like check out Rome, watch a couple gladiator fights, you know? I don't know. It's what men think of all the time, apparently. So I guess so. <laughs> or they could go back and create a simulation of World War II, but instead of just observing this time, they could change history. So they could change it. So the Nazis won. Huh. Not unlike Philip K. Dick's book, Man in the High Castle. What? If you guys don't know Philip K. Dick, I'm going to well, fucking... Well, we go into him. Ride so hard we for him. We go into him. Okay. So they could do that to so switch, make the Nazis winning, just to see how society would react, just to study it. Oh, can I say something? I just had yes. a thought. Okay, so regarding this, um, like... Like, let's say that they didn't do that or they have two simulations running simultaneously that they're seeing. And in this simulation, the Nazis didn't win. And then mm -hmm. in the other simulation, they did win. And they're running parallel right now and they're seeing the differences. Right. Mm -hmm. 
What if we're actually in a third simulation where the Nazis didn't win, but they have resurged later on? Possible. And that's like what happened in like Charleston a few years ago and like how like the Nazis are kind of like fucking everywhere right Coming now for some reason. Somehow, yeah. I just got bullied on Twitter by a Nazi from Argentina <laughs> the other day. It's like, what is happening? Venezuela. It's like, what is happening right now? So maybe like we're in like that third like in between moment where like it Possible. starts on one course and then it flips and it goes to the other course and oh, you're blowing my fucking mind. Anything is, that's the thing. Anything I, is possible. How am I going to sleep tonight? <laughs> or, I mean, here's another scenario I'm just going to throw out there. Throw or, it out. I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. Just throw it out. I don't know. Maybe they could also run a simulation to like make it so a reality TV celebrity actually wins a presidential election seemingly out of nowhere with no political experience or intelligence whatsoever. Oh, yeah. Or like maybe like they actually technically lose the popular vote, but then they're still like that's not how they they wanted the simulation to run. So they push it through anyways. Like that, that would be a good scenario for an advanced civilization to simulate. In order to study human behavior. It would. That would be crazy if that happened ever. If that happened. If it ever happened. (laughs) I mean, think of the last seven years and tell me they weren't bonkers bananas crazy. Precisely. Precisely. Those aren't my nipples this time. That's the fucking bonkometer. <laughs> That's the bonkometer. <laughs> so, like, it's crazy. Like, we could be in a simulation right now just to see in all of our memories mm-hmm. could just be implanted in our brain. Yeah, absolutely. Like when you were seven and you fell down the stairs and you like skinned your knee and you have a scar on your knee. Who told you about that? I don't know. Do we have the same, <laughs> we have the same past pack happening in our, our... like that could have just been implanted in your brain. Yeah, all of it could. You know, we could, we could have existed less than 72 hours ago. We could have been quote unquote created, born, mm-hmm. whatever. And everything that we thought, felt, think we know about life and our past in the world behind us is Implanted into us in a fucking microchip. It's downloaded into your brain, kind of like a computer. Correct. And that's also probably why the Mandela effect happened, because there was a glitch in it, and some of us got different fucking expansion packs. Exactly, baby. I am fucking foaming at the mouth. You are right here along with me, and I love it. It is made for me. (laughs) But we're getting ahead of ourselves here. I'm so sorry. We We gotta get out of conspiracy corner for like a second. Okay, I'm reeling it back. Because Bostrom did run through a few calculations and he concluded that post-human civilizations would be able to run these simulations with enough computer power. But he gives us three ideas to truly think about when it comes to these post-human creating simulations. Okay. So the first idea is that humans might not even get to the point where they become post-human. And I don't think anyone is surprised by that, seeing how humanity is currently going. We're so fucking dumb. Do you think we're ever going to get to a post-human advanced civilization point? Because I don't. We're still running on non-renewable resources as a whole Mm -hmm. when we have a whole ass fucking sun on top of the world that we could be harnessing for energy. Well, I mean, everything is just run by corporations and billionaires. So that's why. I hate the simulation. So this could happen also if... Everyone dies. Say there's a huge disaster, like a really big war that stops us from getting more advanced with technology. Or if we destroy the planet before we can get to the final level of humanness, I guess. In both cases, there won't be a post-human world. So there won't be any simulations of 
any ancestors because we won't make it that far. That tracks. Yeah, it tracks super hard. If our if this reality is the true reality and we're projected to be able to somehow in the future run these ancestor simulations, I don't think we're going to get there. No. No. It just doesn't seem like we're capable of it. Another possibility is that when humans become post-human, nobody in their advanced society wants to make ancestor simulations because maybe they don't want to spend their resources on it or maybe because their society has rules against doing that kind of thing. And at first, the second idea might sound unlikely. I mean, after all, many of us would really like to make a super detailed fake version of our favorite time in history. Yeah. Maybe for research, maybe just for fun video game style. I mean, like Clash of the Clans, like whatever, like what the mm-hmm. Iron Age. There's a billion different video Medieval games that are times. exactly like this. Fun and tournament. <laughs> Dinner and tournament. Dinner and a tournament. Yeah. <laughs> so much acne, though. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Smelly, it's... smelly people. Yeah. But the thing is... <laughs> That we don't really know what a post-human society would be like. And even though it doesn't seem likely right now, what people want could change a lot in the future. And as Bostrom said in his paper, perhaps many of our human desires will be regarded as silly by anyone who becomes a post-human. So in that case, post-humans would just not really care to do them. Yeah, that makes sense. It's kind of like the gray theory. Like the great aliens where like they are like wildly advanced human beings and like they no longer need to like have sex. So they just don't have genitals anymore. Right. And like they reproduce in a different way. Like, I mean, if you think about society as a whole, like our needs and our desires changed even in the last 15 years, like things shift rapidly. Mm-hmm. So there's a huge chance that this is the case. Right. And also another part to this, them not wanting to do it, they could be so advanced and civilized Mm -hmm. that looking at this and creating an entirely fake world Mm -hmm. of people who think that they're real but aren't and you're just manipulating them could be seen as inhumane yes and and wrong just just wrong so if that if they were that advanced and that's what they thought Mm -hmm. that could also be like this is a no-no we can just because you can do it doesn't mean you should do it oh crazy can you say that (laughs) louder for everyone in the fucking back just because you can do it doesn't mean you should do it get the memo to congress right so i mean who knows those are two possibilities that they have the capabilities they just don't want to do it Mm -hmm. but in this third situation Humans actually do get far enough to become super advanced, and they decide to make these ancestor simulations. Bostrom thinks that if the third idea is true, then we almost certainly live in a simulation. I just got goosebumps. The real world, or quote, base reality, would be where the post-humans live. And this would be where they are creating these worlds and these other world simulations. Like, imagine if post-humans in the base reality can make a thousand fake worlds like ours. Why not? It's This exactly. is exactly like Why not? The Sims. Mm-hmm. What are the chances we are in the one and only real world? They're pretty slim. They're very slim. 
That's how is that possible? Yeah, and we know we're not advanced. We're not. We're not post humans. We can't so even clearly. Teslas target children in <laughs> autopilot. We are not advanced whatsoever. We have Teslas crashing and lighting themselves on fire. Okay, and locking the doors with people in them while they're on fire. We are not advanced. We are not an advanced post-human society. We're barely human. Which means we're probably living in a simulation. <laughs> Fuck. It's much more likely we're in one of these fake worlds instead of the actual real one, which is extremely unnerving because it means everything we think we know about the universe is just a tiny part of a much bigger reality that we can't even see at all. It makes a lot of sense. And also part of me wonders, like, I'm picturing this as like um like a hologram type situation where like we're just like a bunch of spheres like lined up and like our world is like encompassed in this one. And maybe like sometimes like they accidentally like kind of crash into each other. And that's like mm-hmm. why we see ghosts, because that's someone else in exactly. another simulation, like kind of entering ours. Or like or layered like, simulations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like the kind of like like. I hate to bring up this movie because I think it's a terrible fucking movie. <laughs> but Vivarium. Oh, I hate that movie too. It's so yeah. bad. It's so I'm bad. so sorry if anyone likes it. It's so dry and boring. <sighs> I want it so bad to like it. Yeah. And the concept is fun. And I'm a Jesse Eisenberg enthusiast. Ugh, really? I am. I know. It sucks. It's the worst. See, I don't like him as a person. I like a lot of movies he's in. Ugh. I know. <laughs> I didn't know that about you. I don't hate him. <laughs> Gross. I think he's the male Kristen Stewart also. Ugh. I feel the same way about him as I do Kristen Stewart. Okay. Anyways. Vivarium is kind of the same thing where it's like a bunch of like lives to like stacked on top of each other. Mm-hmm. And if you dig a hole down deep enough, you enter another mm-hmm. simulation. Yeah. And there is no reason why that could not 100% be real. Or you'll find that some people also believe if you kill yourself in one reality, you get transported to a different one. If you die in the game, you die in real if life. If you die in one simulation, are you going to get put into a different one i don't know that's what the afterlife is that's what a ghost is that's what any of this is that's why you see a white light when you die maybe who knows because you're transporting to another one anything and everything is possible anything is everything is anything (laughs) everything is anything and everything is possible everything everywhere all at once yeah so i don't know are we mind freaking you guys yet are Are you getting mind freaked or are we confusing you (laughs) Probably both. Some people are like, yeah, yeah, this makes perfect yeah, sense. I understand. <laughs> I get it. I get it. And then some people are like, I'm going to like just listen to my audiobook instead. Yeah, like, um, they lost me at the post-human um, part. Yeah, one start. They're not making sense. And they keep saying the fuck word for some reason. So that doesn't, they don't sound very right. smart. <laughs> so some philosophers think that a post-human civilization could also use these simulations to see what would happen in a disaster scenario. For example, they might use a simulation to see what actions could make climate change irreversible. Oh, like right now. (laughs) Yeah. Or how a possible World War Three might play out. Oh, like right now. (laughs) Right. Are we in like the the worst simulation? We're in the worst timeline, I think. We're in the worst case scenario. Yeah. Cool. They could set it to run up right until the point of it happening, or they could decide to keep it going to learn to see how humans would deal with this disaster. Yeah, it could also just be playing on a loop over and over. We could live this day 10,000 times and live it slightly different ways every time. Not even know it. But like I said, Bostrom believes that in a future post-human world, even though they may have the capability of creating simulations, they may have rules against doing so because of ethical reasons. 
It's similar to the argument against using AI, kind Ooh. of. Just because they have the technology to do so doesn't mean they should. And some ancestor simulations could be seen as immoral. And that is if the subjects at hand realize that they aren't real and that they are, in fact, living in a simulation, as some people living in our world currently believe. I understand I understand both sides of that because if a person is not real, if we're not real and like we believe we have sentience and then one day we somehow find out that we don't have sentience, mm-hmm. that's fucked up. Yeah. If we never find out who it, it doesn't matter. Right. None of it matters. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I can see both sides of it. I think that we would have to be in a very, very moral, very ethical society to be against simulations. Mm hmm. And yes. I just I do not think humans in this form, in a post-human form, I do not think we are ever going to be capable of that because I think it would require a hive mind mm-hmm. of almost like a perfect, like ethereal being. Yeah. Yeah. That's I don't know. People I, are my, some people are bad. My faith in humanity is not very uh, great. So. It's low. Yeah. <laughs> Bostrom also discusses, and this is interesting. This is going to mind freak you a little bit more. He also discusses the possibility of simulated humans also reaching a post-human stage in their simulation. I love this inception theory. And therefore, Mm -hmm. they have the capability of then creating their own simulation, which makes this theory even more insane to be living in a simulation inside a simulation inside a simulation. I love it. It's just crazy. I love it. It's inception shit. It's another clip show, man. Right. It's a show and a show. This is where Truman's showing right now. We are. We are. Yeah. (laughs) Bostrom thinks that from this idea, a kind of religion could develop where the original creators, so like the base reality post-humans, are like gods. And the simulations within simulations are seen as less important in the spiritual hierarchy. It's like trickle down, like... Ethics. Yeah. I don't know. Like we've started where the yeah. real ones you guys got as advanced, but like you're still not real. Unless you know? the God tier ones are also in a simulation and they're believed to have started the simulations, but there's also. another simulation inside of that one and there's another God tier on top of them and it's like the Oribos where it's just like eating its own uh-huh. fucking tail in a cycl- like a cyclical fashion forever yeah. and ever. I don't know. Crazy. Maybe we're in a fucking little thing on a cat's necklace. Yeah. Who cares? Maybe we're all collar. living in a snow globe right now. It's likely. <laughs> Maybe we're all on an island and we're dead. A lot of people get scared when they hear the idea that we might not be real in some way and that their God and their religion may just be made up and the higher power that they've been praying to their whole lives may just be some post-human who created them out of curiosity and research. Simulation theory makes it seem like everything we think we know about the world is a lie. Yeah. But Bostrom doesn't think that we should freak out because of this idea. So don't freak out. Okay, everyone. Bostrom, then what do we fucking do? Just, just be chill. You Have know? a PSL and just, take a nap? Yeah. That actually sounds really good right you now. You know what? My so. therapist told me to uh, cheer myself up and get a pumpkin spice latte today. So I think I'm going to do that. Yeah, baby. (laughs) So I encourage you all to do the same. So he thinks that we should give equal consideration to all three of the ideas he presented. And he concludes his paper by saying, unless we are now living in a simulation, 
our descendants will almost certainly never run an ancestor simulation. So he's like, yeah, we're not getting to post human. No, <laughs> it's not happening for us. So if we're not already living in a massive version of a game like The Sims, it's probably never going to happen for us, which, I mean, it's kind of comforting, right? No. Kind of? No. <laughs> what? No, you're an insane person if you think that's comforting. None of this is comforting. What is life? No one knows. Baby, don't hurt me. Is it real? Is it a simulation? Could be both. Could be neither. I just wish I had hot dog fingers. No, I don't, because I would eat them. <laughs> you would eat them. <laughs> it's a dangerous, it's dangerous, dangerous thing. dangerous for me. I can't go to the hot dog realm. Okay, so which brings me to my next subject. The late and great Philip K. Dick. I'm going to sit up in my chair for this one. <laughs> because what would an episode about simulation theory be without mentioning PKD? That rhymed. Unintentional. 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 He's a Chicago boy. He is. And if you're not familiar with Philip K. Dick. Get familiar. You're wrong because you definitely are. Oh, yeah. You're super. Yes. 100%. That's true. <laughs> or at least you are and you just don't know it. So I'm going to throw out a couple titles for you. Minority Report. Yes. Total Recall. Fuck yeah. Blade Runner. Do not get me started on Blade Runner. This is my favorite book. I'm going to wax poetic for one second really quick. Okay, this is my favorite book. I read it like, honestly, minimum one time I'm, a year. I'm currently reading Total Recall. It's like 48 pages long. It, his books are very, yeah, most of them really are very short. short. Um, it's so fucking good. It's called Do Android Stream of Electric mm -hmm. Sheep? And it is one of my all-time favorite books. And if you have not read it, I implore you to fucking read it. Or if you don't want to, call me and I'll read it to you over the phone. Okay, it's that good. <laughs> Continuing with this list, A Scanner Darkly. I have never seen or read that one. That's a good one. I've heard it's amazing. It, the movie's really, really good. Uh, another Keanu movie. Keanu. So, interesting. <laughs> I'm surprised you waited until this point to do that. I actually, I like <laughs> forgot about that. Guys, that's, for everyone that knows, I do one, I do one impression of Arnold Schwarzenegger and mm. it is of him saying Keanu. Keanu. Which I don't think he's ever said in his <laughs> life, but it, it works. It's good though, right? It's really good. This is um give it to us one more time, please. Okay. Uh, let me just get rid of my mouth noises here. <laughs> She's gotta prepare. She's preparing. <clears throat> She's prepared. Okay, this is my this is my second favorite impression that I do in life. Um this is Arnold Schwarzenegger saying Keanu. Keanu <laughs> That was such a good one. Thank you. I'm just going to isolate that. Can we, can we <laughs> add it, it to the, the board for real? Yes. Yes, I will. Okay. So also, I mentioned before, a Man in the High Castle, which was on, it was like an Amazon show. It was okay. I watched, I think, the first season. I Show's didn't continue good. with it. Book but, was fantastic. Yeah. But all of these, they're all adaptations of PKD's books. So you've, you, if you don't think you know who Philip K. Dick is, you know who Philip K. You, you know him. You guys got to read the books, man. Yeah. So Philip K. Dick was born in Chicago. Yes, right. And Hometown. guess when his birthday is. I know when his birthday is. Yeah, that's right. It's December 16th. Ooh, ooh. The same as mine. That's right. Which also creeped me the fuck out doing this research. Because imagine I'm already deep in the trends oh, shit. trenches yeah, right? of the simulation theory. Like, mm -hmm. is... Uh, this like matrix rabbit hole like is this yeah. all like fake is somebody playing me is somebody watching me it's like three in the morning you're in your yeah. bed you're like by the only the light of your computer and you're like, high as fuck like you're <laughs> sipping on pedialyte in your bed you're like what's going on and you read what i read that philip k dick and i share the same exact birthday this little synchronicity pops up and i'm like wait are they watching is that why i heard you slam your laptop shut and you knocked on my door and you were like 
love you. When's your birthday? You up? <laughs> When's your birthday? All of my best friends have December 16th as a birthday. You, Abra, Philip K. Dick. <laughs> PK Dan. That's it. Your three best friends. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, PKD wasn't successful during his lifetime. Yeah, everyone thought he was fucking crazy. Yeah, he and his stuff, like his, like it was all science fiction. Nobody understood it. Nobody gave a fuck about it. It wasn't until his death in 1982 that Hollywood took an interest in his work. It's fucked up, man. And like I said, his work consisted mainly of scientific stories. And at that time, well, during his lifetime, he didn't make a lot of money from it. Like, didn't make any money from it. And while he wasn't exactly the person to come up with simulation theory, as Nick Bostrom coined that. So Nick Bostrom was the one who coined simulation theory. Oh, okay. But, like, this idea has existed for years before 2003. It wasn't, like, the first time anyone ever came up with it. Because, obviously, as you'll find out, Philip K. Dick wrote almost all of his books about it. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Like, in some form or another. Imagine, like, your... I don't know, in like 16th, like 16th century England. And you're like, what if all of this isn't real and there's a big man in the sky and he's controlling all of this? And then they immediately stone you to death. <laughs> that was that was the, the first person to uh, come up with a simulation there. <laughs> yeah, so he wasn't the first person. This haunted Victorian child was the first person who came up with it. But PKD was sort of the first one to really bring it up and actually talk about it. So I don't know if you're familiar with his 1977, like his speech. It's like a famous speech. It's, Mm -hmm. I was going to put a clip of it, but the audio is really terrible. It's from 1977. And also he's, so he spoke at a science fiction convention held in Metz, France. So Mm -hmm. It's him talking, and then it's an um, um, a translator right after, so it's kind of confusing. Isn't it crazy how audio has? I mean, we're recording this in an attic right now, <laughs> and this sounds fucking amazing. It does sound really, sound really good? I but they spent it. thousands of dollars on audio equipment in 1977, yeah. and it sounds like dog shit. It's, yeah, it's grainy. I'm sure somewhere, it's some like 40 years ago, somewhere, some little PKD fanboy has like taken the audio and mm-hmm. made it clear and like if you, know. you have good audio of it send it to us at quite unusual pot at gmail.com Thank it's you. also like an hour long so if you want to listen to an hour long i mean go for it i i can just give you the rundown of it give now us if you give want. us the highlights so give he us gave notes. a speech or a presentation and it was titled if you find this world bad you should see some of the others Great start, PKD. Killing it, though. So in the speech, he talked of how our reality is a computer-generated simulation, among numerous others. So he's like, we're we're living in one. We're not the only one. There's a lot of other words. No worlds. doubt in his mind. Mm-hmm. So the audience is obviously amused at first. They're like, Haha, this guy's fucking with us, you know? Oh, Phil, you're Un- crazy. Until they realize that he wasn't kidding at all. Yeah, which then made everyone a little worried about the state of PKD's mind. However, he proceeded by stating that several of his literary works, such as The Man in the High Castle, Flow My Tears, The Policeman Said, and A Scanner Darkly, are in a literal sense true. And once again, he tells everyone 
he's not kidding. And everyone looks at the person next to them and they're like, oh. He's just repeating, I'm not kidding. I am not kidding. (laughs) He tells the crowd that the events he wrote about in his books were not repressed memories from past lives, but instead from a very different present life. He states that his novels and his stories were, without him realizing it, consciously autobiographical. I am obsessed with this idea. Mm -hmm. He claims to have come to this epiphany in February of 1974. So he he gives a speech in 1977. So he comes to this epiphany in 1974 Mm -hmm. when he was recovering from dental surgery. And he claimed to have a spiritual awakening. And it all began when he received a delivery from the local pharmacy. So on February 20th, 1974, Dick was recovering from a surgery to remove an impacted wisdom tooth. And he was coming off of the side effects of sodium pentothal, pentothal, which is just a barbiturate and an anesthetic. About three days after his surgery, a beautiful dark-haired woman delivered him Darvon, which was an opioid, I guess. It's just a medicine that he was using to... Just a pain medication. Yeah, pain medication. He says that she had a goldfish-shaped pendant around her neck, which she said represented early Christianity and was called vesicle Pisces. And after taking the package from her, Dick suddenly saw a strange burst of pink light and fell onto his bed. (gasps) He got Barbie pilled. (laughs) Being someone who often thought deeply about spiritual matters, Dick believed that this pink light was a kind of spiritual energy triggered by the woman's fish pendant. And as he lay in his bed, he has visions of abstract paintings, followed by profound philosophical ideas and detailed engineering plans. And then over the next few months, Philip K. Dick continued to have these strange experiences. So he saw what he described as shiny fire moving around him and going into his body. Sometimes he glimpsed a weird human-like being that seemed to blend into its surroundings. And he referred to all of these hallucinations as 2374. And he called this being Zebra and thought it was a friendly, godlike entity that could enter and control anything, whether it was alive or not. It's just weekend and burning things. <laughs> He also saw a portal of pink light open, and from it came a group of small extraterrestrial beings with three eyes. I mean, we all have three eyes. Also, this is giving Donnie Darko. (laughs) These aliens warned him that that there was a secret plan behind the assassinations of important figures like the Kennedys and Martin Luther King Jr. I mean, that's all true. So yes, yeah. I fully agree with exactly. that. Exactly. Yes. 100%. 100%. They claimed that the ancient, and this is when men started thinking about the Roman Empire. <laughs> Maybe this is why men think this about it all the time. This is why they think about it. Because it's implanted in their brains by the post Yes. <laughs> They're like, it worked for PKD. <laughs> right. So they claimed that the ancient Roman Empire, which had been hiding for centuries was responsible for the murder of the Kennedys and Martin Luther King Jr. I'm going to let you read this next sentence, and then I'm going to tell you exactly what I think about this. According to them, Rome had slowly emerged back into our world, 
under different names and hidden identities. Because all of these simulations started in the Roman Empire because that is point number one and that is where all of the simulations began and can be traced back to. That is the starting point for all of this. Every time we do something that they don't like, bam, stop, reverse the record, back to the Roman Empire. It is so deeply imprinted onto the film of this reality that men think about it every fucking day when they're on the toilet taking a shit for 45 minutes for some reason. And also, the little aliens warned him about it because this is where it stops and starts forever. Mm -hmm. Also, these little aliens, these are the gray aliens that we eventually turn into in fucking 3,000 years and they came back to the fucking past to warn him because he was woke because this beautiful woman who's a brunette, which I mean, (laughs) great hair, let's be honest, right? Uh, Brunette from Chicago in February? What? Who's that? That's me, everyone. That's fucking right. I'm the one that you gave do, him the You opiates. do have that weird fish necklace. Isn't um, it crazy? It's so weird. Oh, yeah, but it's it's pH. I, I just follow the fish, the band around. That's mm. kind of my thing. Okay. You know, whatever. Yeah. So anyways, sorry for that. Sorry for that. <laughs> also not sorry for that. So these aliens even <laughs> suggested that Nixon was like a modern day Caesar. Oh. Sometimes... Dick saw frightening images of ancient Rome overlaid on top of his everyday life in suburban California. So kind of like it was it was bleeding through. Like yeah. he was seeing what was actually yeah. happening around and like through the simulation. So Philip K. Dick believed that he was being guided by helpful spirits, especially one named Thomas, who he thought was an ancient Christian revolutionary. Ooh. And over time, these strange visions went away. I also read that he believed that, so like ancient Rome, they were just mm-hmm. controlling everything. So like, you know how we uh, we know of ancient Rome. Right. Like, so in his, he thought that like the fall of ancient Rome, like that never happened. Oh, it was a lie? They continued on. Cool. So they, ancient Rome, oh. they're the post-humans. Whoa. So like they implanted all of that into us, but they're the ones running these simulations okay i love that like that's what like tricked us into thinking rome fell but like it but never it never fell. did and they just continued on and they became so advanced that they were able to create these i have fucking ancestor bumps. simulations I'm obsessed with that <laughs> right it's so crazy over time the strange visions went away but dick's interest in what he called his divine madness stayed with him And he was so fixated on it that in the next eight years of his life, he created a massive 8,000-page explanation of all of these visions, which he called his exegesis. 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 Is that how you would say that? I would say exegesis. 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 Most of it hasn't been shared with the public. On every page of his exegesis, Dick puts forward new thoughts about what his divine madness might mean. It's just like a guy in his like little journal. You know what I mean? It's kind of, it really actually kind of was a journal. It's just like a man, like a little diary. It was a journal about all of his weird hallucinations. Yeah, just like a journal. So he suggests it could have been caused by KGB mind readers, an alien satellite. He's talking about his divine madness, like why Mm -hmm. it was caused. So he's got KGB mind readers, an alien satellite, a Christian from a long time ago named Thomas he communicated with in his mind. Tom was just like bored one day and he's like, wonder what's going on <laughs> right. in the future. Another version of himself from a different reality. I love that. 
or even his twin sister's spirit reaching out to him from the afterlife because he was born with a twin and she died. I also love that because what if she didn't die and she moved to a different simulation and she's reporting to him? Also possible. And you know how twins have like those weird telekinetic abilities yeah, between like, each other. So who knows? Maybe she is. Maybe she's sending him the information through his brain. I don't know. PKD also recognized that all of these fantastical ideals could have also been the product of a mental illness. Yeah. Because for many years leading up to this, he had been using amphetamine drugs, mostly because he had to keep up with his writing. Now we just take them to work and it's called Adderall. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So this is what he was, I mean, essentially he was doing that just like times a thousand, but yeah, he had a lot of paranoia. From all of the speed that he took. I like he imagine. fucked up his head. It's bad for your brain. Yeah. He was also known for his erratic behavior and was also known for not being very mentally stable. Mm. I mean, he tried to commit suicide several times in his life. He would pass away, but he would eventually pass away at the age of 53 from a stroke that left him brain dead. Gone too soon. Yeah. And actually, weirdly enough... He passed away just four months before the release of Blade Runner and before, like, the world even really got a hint at who he was and what he did. That's also really sad because yeah. if he had gotten that fucking sweet, sweet Blade Runner, like, money, maybe he could have, you know, sought some sort of mental health care yeah. that would have helped Gone him too soon, his life. but maybe he was eliminated because he oh, knew too much. Maybe. You never know. It was a stroke that left him brain dead. Maybe he ascended because he knew so much that the ultimate like base world beings wanted him on their side. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe he's out there somewhere. We don't we'll never know. So, he's behind you. <gasps> <laughs> this simulation simulation theory brings me to my next point. I guess the second part of this story. What if this is something you truly believed in? And I joked about it being a possibility. We were talking about it. Yeah. Because, I mean, I think we're both of the same mind, like mm -hmm. brain length, where brain wavelength, where we're just like anything's possible. Yeah, it's a why possibility. Not? Why not? Because why not? You never, you don't know is the thing. Yeah. So, like, maybe. But some people take this theory to be the end all be all truth of the world and reality as we know it. Yes. So much so that people have used this as a defense strategy. When it comes to criminal law and this defense challenges the boundaries of reality and legal culpability and it is referred to as the matrix defense, which is very cool. This concept transcends the conventional approach of a criminal defense and it delves into the realm of altered perceptions and mental states. And it argues that the person in question isn't in the right state of mind because of their own blurred lines when it comes to fact and fiction and just reality in general. It's basically like an insanity defense with a little twist. Like with like an asterisk. Yeah. At the end. Yeah. Like but, he wasn't insane. He's in the Matrix. Yeah. He thought he was in the Matrix. By definition, the Matrix defense is a legal strategy inspired by the concept introduced in the movie series, in the movie series, The Matrix. And in this defense, a defendant argues that they committed a crime under the genuine belief that they were operating within a simulated reality like The Matrix. I can completely understand 
how this happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I, I think I'm a pretty mentally stable person. I think so too. I mean, I please, say- ig- please ignore the many rants I've gone on in this episode. <laughs> the wild conspiracy corners she's taken us to. Um, slowly backing into conspiracy corner every day. But I, I think that if I spent enough time alone and thought about it enough, Mm-hmm. I could convince myself, just like all of us could, because our fucking yeah. brains are so just weak. Yeah. All of us have weak little brains that can be easily manipulated, right? By mm-hmm. ourselves even. Yeah. I think that every one of us, I myself included, could fall into this to right. truly think that everything is fake. Yeah. And even take just take for instance, like the people who maybe they're bipolar, maybe they're schizophrenic, uh-huh. like this yes. is going to mess with them even more. Absolutely. So, I mean, we've all had things happen where it's like a glitch in the matrix, like is what, you know, we call it is like a turn of phrase. Yeah. But that makes you fucking question what the fuck just happened. Yeah. In in a very real way. Yeah. So if you are already like perceptive to things like that, if you're already kind of like set up to kind of fall down a rabbit hole like that. Mm hmm it's very likely that you could think that this is 100% real and not just a theory. And we, I mean, we've all watched the TikToks. If you just Google the matrix or simulation theory, we've all seen the videos where it's like, Mm -hmm. there's one where there's like a girl cutting a lemon and she cuts it and then she goes to the side and comes back Mm -hmm. to cut it and it's not cut. Right. Like, how do you explain that? Is it editing? Maybe. I mean, I I poured a glass out of a bottle of wine and then the next day it was completely empty and neither of us could explain mm-hmm. it. And you even took that one picture of mm-hmm. the plane in the sky. Oh yeah. Fuck yeah. I forgot about that. And when you put the filter on it, all of a sudden there was a plane. And then when you took it off, there wasn't a plane. Yeah. How does that happen? Weird, weird stuff. And I'm sure everyone mm-hmm. listening to this has had weird stuff like that happen, which also just adds to the argument that we're in a simulation. Maybe. <laughs> so I, I understand how people could take this as fact and not yes. just a possibility. Yeah. And this defense has been used in several cases, which I'm going to tell you about right now. Well, just two. We're going to do two instances. So excited. So first we have the case of 37-year-old Tonda Lynn Ainsley. Ansley? Ansley. Ainsley. Ainsley? Uh, Ansley. <laughs> Tonda Lynn Ansley. We're really good at pronouncing things You know today. what? Everyone's got a different last name, and sometimes you pr- pronounce it in a way that it's not even spelled, so people just need to relax. Okay? It's a regional accent. Okay. <laughs> This is what we talk from Chicago. That's what we do. It's what we do. <laughs> so first we have the case of 37-year-old Tonda Lynn Ansley, a resident of Butler County, Ohio. Tonda seemed like a normal woman. Or so she seemed. This is where the true crime documentary turns everything <laughs> black and white. Yeah, the first part of this is conspiracy theory <laughs> corner, and then the second half of this is just true crime central. Yes. So sorry, guys. You get you did two for this week, I guess. So she was a normal woman. That is until July of 2002. On a perfectly ordinary sunny day, Tonda stepped outside and openly fired multiple shots into her landlord and employer, Sherry Lee Corbett's head. In public. That's okay. Crazy right turn. Numerous people were outside and they witnessed this horrifying act in broad daylight, which prompted an immediate call to the police. Good. As it should. (laughs) Yeah. 
The police officers were initially confused by the incident since they there appeared to be no apparent motive. Tonda and her landlord maintained a cordial, cordial and friendly relationship, and Tonda was up to date with her rent payments. So it's not like she was getting evicted or anything. It was just so weird. Right, like they didn't hate each other. No. It just came out of nowhere. There was no apparent disagreement or source of tension between them. This unexpected act of violence left both law enforcement and the witnesses bewildered by the seemingly unprovoked attack. Yeah, that makes sense. Once Tonda was taken into police custody, officers hurried to the interview room, hoping to uncover an explanation for this shocking turn of events. And Tonda presented a quite unusual explanation. (laughs) She told police that she thought that she was living in a simulation. Much like the plot of the famous movie, The Matrix. Which came out in 99, and this happened in 2002. Yep. Very fresh and relevant. I don't even know when the second one came out. Probably, like, around this time, I would say. Or whatever. I'll Google it. (laughs) Tonda told them that she had been encountering her landlord repeatedly in her dreams and had some peculiar interactions with them ever since she became aware that she was living in what she thought was a simulation. It came out in 2003, so a year after this. Okay, okay, all right. As a result, Tonda came to the belief that her landlord was involved in a conspiracy to keep her trapped in this simulated reality. According to Tonda, the shooting was her way of trying to break free from the simulation, Essentially arguing that the unexpected attack was an act of self-defense aimed at escaping the simulated world. They commit a lot of crimes in the Matrix, she told police. That is true. That is accurate, Honda. That's where you go to sleep at night and they drug you. So this is also her. This is Tonda speaking. Then do a Tonda voice. That's where you go to sleep at night and they drug you. And take you somewhere else. And then they bring you back and put you in bed. And when you wake up, you think that it's a bad dream. Wow, Tana sounds really happy. She's she's on one, man. She's living in the Matrix room. <laughs> Whatever. But here's the surprising twist. This Matrix defense mm-hmm. was effective. Yeah, I can completely understand why it would be. During the trial, the verdict the verdict rendered was not guilty by reason of insanity. And the judge acknowledged that Tonda genuinely held the belief in her story and that her delusion was the driving force behind the shooting, rather than her using the Matrix concept as a mere excuse. Thanks to this case, the term Matrix defense has entered legal terminology, and it has been employed in a handful of cases since then. I'm not going to go through all of them. We're just going to give you two, two of the biggies, I guess. In the context of the insanity defense, defense attorneys often need to establish that their clients were unable to differentiate between right and wrong. Therefore, these lawyers may be inclined to highlight the impact of the matrix since it presents violence as morally acceptable. Not that I feel like not that it's acceptable, but that it doesn't matter because you're in a simulation, so it's exactly. not real. So you're not killing someone, you're killing a, a, a sim. Something that doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. If their clients also held beliefs that they were under the influence or control of entities like the U.S. government or the CIA, 
as some mentally ill criminals have done in the past, like the guy, the taxi driver shootings of, yeah, you know, um, it becomes more challenging to utilize this argument. I don't know why, though, because I feel like that would just add to it. Like it's like another layer. On right. It's like it. a more you're like even deeper into this, yeah. you know, like I'm a simulation and the CIA is the one running it. Right. I'd be like this. OK, yep. Well, this I, I completely agree with you, but this is because they argue that most people would generally be expected to recognize that committing violence against the government or its agencies is wrong regardless of their personal disagreements. Okay, I guess so. Yeah, that makes sense. But also, if you, the reason that you disagree with the government is because they're controlling you and you're in a simulation, like, shouldn't you then have the right to kill them? Yeah, but it's like, it's you like know free? you're not supposed to. Right. So, but, like, it adds that other layer yeah. of, like, your, like, you, there, it adds a layer of right and wrong on top of this already, like... Insanity, like, I'm living in a simulation. Yeah, like, even if it is a simulation, you know in that yeah. simulation you are not supposed to attack Even the if you think it's fake, you know that you shouldn't be attacking the government. Right. Yeah. So, the next case that I want to talk about is the case of Joshua Cook. So, on Monday, February 17th, after finishing dinner with his parents, Joshua Cook went up to his room to listen to his favorite song, Bodies by Drowning Pool. Oh, shit. Is that why you brought them up earlier? I did. <laughs> I was like, a little sneak peek into the rest of the episode. Foreshadowing. But this, he was listening to the Matrix soundtrack. And this song was on the Matrix soundtrack. Yeah, that soundtrack Fox. He says he remembers looking at his Matrix poster and then looking at his gun in his room. But don't, I mean, why does he have a gun? Right. I'll put that exactly. out there. The 19-year-old then put on combat boots and a black jacket reminiscent of Neo, the protagonist from the 1999 film The Matrix. He probably looked really cool. Oh. I'm not going to lie. Totally. <laughs> He's the chosen one. <laughs> he then loaded his pockets with shotgun shells and retrieved retru- retrieved the 12-gauge shotgun he had purchased, primarily because it resembled the one featured in the poster of his beloved movie. Afterwards, he proceeded downstairs. At this time, Joshua's adopted father, Paul C. Cook, who was 51 at the time, was talking on the phone with his teenage daughter, Tiffany M. Cook, who was away from the home at the time. Joshua proceeded to the basement where his parents were sitting, and while talking with her father, Tiffany also also overheard her mother, Margaret Ruffin Cook, age 56, talking to her brother on the opposite side. So Tiffany hears her mother, Margaret, say, Josh, you wouldn't. Just moments before, Tiffany heard what she can only describe as the sound of sudden popping noises. Oh, my God. Authorities suspect that Joshua Cook initially shot his mother, Margaret Cook, first. Her lifeless body was discovered at the base of the basement stairs, A subsequent autopsy confirmed that the 56-year-old woman had sustained two gunshot wounds. Wow. Tiffany remained on the line and told police that she heard what she could only describe as the sound of pots and pans crashing to the floor. An examination conducted post-mortem revealed that Paul Cook had been subjected to seven gunshot wounds. Oh, wow. All nine rounds were discharged from a 12-gauge shotgun that Joshua Cook had bought just two days prior at the Galleon Sporting Goods store in Fairlakes. 
Moments later, Joshua picked up the phone dangling from the line, and Tiffany asked her brother, Josh, what are you doing? Let me talk to daddy. To which he replied, I have to call someone, and then he hung up. Oh, that's so spooky. Joshua called Fairfax 911 and told them, I just shot my parents. I just blew them away with a shotgun. He told the police that he would be unarmed when they arrived, as he was afraid that they would shoot him if he wasn't. Oh, interesting. He then called 911 again because he thought that they were taking too long. So he was like, uh, are you guys going to come arrest me or what? Hey, I got something to do later. <laughs> so when police got there, Joshua told them he went into the basement. He came face to face with his mother first. He made her stand up and he fired one shot at her. When his father realized what was happening, his father hid beneath his desk to try to get away from Joshua. And Joshua then slid his firearm beneath the desk, discharging several rounds before ascending the stairs to replenish replenish his shotgun. Upon his return, he encountered his mother was still breathing and whimpering and making noises. So he fired another shot at her. Oh, God, that's terrible. Josh inflicted two gunshot wounds in his mother and seven in his father. Joshua and his sister, Tiffany, were adopted by the Cooks when they were very young. And during the court proceedings, his defense argued that he had endured prior abuse in foster homes and had also suffered mistreatment at the hands of the Cooks. But a letter procured by prosecutors written by Tiffany stated otherwise. Mm. According to Tiffany, the Cooks were fantastic parents and their family was a normal family who loved each other. They would get into arguments like any family does, but never to the point where it would become violent. Nevertheless, the defense persisted that Joshua experienced abuse at the hands of the Cooks, coupled with the exposure to violent media that Cook had encountered. I hate that defense. Yeah. He also, I didn't put any of it in here because I'm not going to give Joshua Cook a platform. For sure. But he wrote a letter about, like, what he did and how he's just completely blaming the media and that it was violent. And he consumed, like, he the videos he gamed, he played were uh, no, violent he, and the movies that he watched, and that's why he did he it. He chose to do that. It's like, mm, we, all watch, all we all watch and play those videos in those video games, so... Yeah. No, we're not all shooting our parents. No. I've never fucking... No. I've never cut someone's head off. And you know how many times we've seen that in slasher movies? (sighs) Right. Exactly. It's ridiculous. I've never chainsaw massacred anyone in my whole life. I personally... Horror is my favorite genre. Have I ever killed a person? For legal purposes, no. No. (laughs) (laughs) A doctor also diagnosed Joshua with schizophrenia, which the defense team used as a reason of why he did what he did. Joshua was adopted and would later find out that schizophrenia ran in his biological family. Oh, okay. So he was predisposed to it. Yeah. So, but they didn't know this though, which is kind of fucked up that they didn't. But so his biological mother and his uncle had each received diagnoses of paranoid schizophrenia while his biological father had been diagnosed with bipolar disorder accompanied by paranoia. Oh, my God. And it's possible that if the Cooks had been aware of this information at the time of Joshua and Tiffany's adoption, early intervention might have prevented this, potentially averting his delusional belief in a simulation that ultimately led to their tragic murders. Yeah. 
According to the defense's argument, Cook had come to adopt the belief that he existed within a simulation akin to what is depicted in The Matrix. Consequently, he had reached the disturbing conclusion that he needed to commit something profoundly horrific to test this belief. Before Cook's trial, a psychologist appointed by the court stated that he harbored a bona fide belief that he was living in the virtual reality of the Matrix. Manny Fierro, one of Cook's defense lawyers, said that his client was obsessed with the movie The Matrix. And he confirmed that the defense team had submitted a motion asserting Cook's belief that he truly perceived himself to be in a virtual reality environment akin to The Matrix. That's having very mixed feelings right now. And Joshua also wrote in his cell, free yourself of the matrix. You are a slave to the matrix control. So their argument was that he didn't think it was he didn't think he was killing his parents. He thought he was killing fake people in a simulation. I understand how he could think that if he was so deeply delusioned and also suffering from Mm -hmm. paranoid schizophrenia, especially. Yeah, I I get it. I understand. I'm not giving him an excuse whatsoever. I I'm saying I understand how a person could fall backwards right. into this belief. Right. I mean, yeah, I understand it, too. Ultimately, Cook assumed legal accountability for the homicides, foregoing the defense and entering a guilty plea for two counts of first degree murder and two counts of firearm use in a felony. Probably because they weren't sure if this defense was going to work or not. Yeah. And he was just like, I'm going to take the plea deal. Yeah. In the end, Joshua received a 40-year sentence for murdering his parents. Oh, wow. And he's currently still incarcerated. Man, he's going to love John Wick when, it, when he comes out. <laughs> if he gets out. That's crazy. Yeah, but that is my story. That is one of my all-time favorite episodes we've ever done. Really? Of all time. No yes, way. absolutely. Dude, you know I love shit like this. I know you do. I, I know fucking you do. love it. That was really good. That was really, really nice. Um, yeah. Wow. That's I'm, now I think you're living in a simulation right now. I think that there's a real possibility that none of this is real. So too. I do. Sometimes things just happen and you're like, what the fuck, man? Right. Or like coincidences. Yeah. Or like, like things like get like flip turned up right, like upside down for like no reason. And it's like, did, did they just try to like throw something in to like adjust who I am right. or like, I don't know. I think that there's a massive possibility that this is real and this is happening. And also at the same time, I'm not going to kill anyone over it. No. Because what if it's not? Because what do you like? Okay. Yeah. Also, I don't, what do you get from that? Yeah, do you right? wake up from the matrix? Right. Why would you want to? You're going to wake up in a pod being like, oh, they're sucking my energy. No. Want that? No. You're all slimy and all just the go hair date a fucking energy vampire if that's what you want. <laughs> Been there, done that. <laughs> oh. All right. That was fan fucking tastic, Nicole. I would like to do a shout out now. If anyone has any stories about the Matrix, yeah. if you want to uh, talk about Philip K. Dick, please. I oh, want to yeah. talk to you about it. If anyone wants to tell us anything about the Matrix defense, um, anything you got in relation to this. Anything weird, if you have sci-fi recs for us especially, oh, yeah. let totally us know. Write to us at quiteunusualpod at gmail.com, and we will be putting out a listener mail episode uh, in uh, in a few episodes, we'll yeah, say. maybe. We'll see what we get. We'll, we'll see, see what's what good. We'll see what happens. We'll see. We'll see. 
And we're also just, you know, on all the social medias. So just Yes, we're on Blue us. Sky now. Hit if you guys there. are fucking over Twitter, hit us up on Blue Sky. Are we're, people using Blue Sky? People are using Blue Sky. I'm okay. constantly posting our little invites. So if you want to be on Blue Sky and you are not on Blue Sky, DM us on a social media. If we have a code, I will add you to a little notes app list that I personally do have in my phone. I will send you a thing as soon as I get one. And come hang out with us under the blue sky because Elon has ruined Twitter. <laughs> I think you mean X. Fuck it. We also have a couple patrons, new patrons to welcome. Yes. If you want to hang out with us on Patreon, we do a lot of fun stuff over there. Um, we have some really cool videos coming out soon. I promise. Uh, we do bonus content. We do ad free episodes. If you're fucking sick of our ads. We got bloopers. We got blooping it up, babe. We blew, uh, I cut out all the F words we say so men think we're smart and sexy. Yeah, there's it's just 45 minutes of us going, fuck, 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 <laughs> fuck, fuck, shit, hell, fuck. It's crazy. It's so crazy. But we do have new patrons to so welcome. So welcome to Maisie M. And welcome to Woo Pod, oh. Jess and Tenny. And Toad. And Toad. And also, if you um, are looking for another podcast to listen to, highly suggest What's Up Weirdo podcast. Yeah, they're just like us. They're fun, they're cool, they're hot, they have dogs. <laughs> they're fun, they're cool, they're hot. That's they the that's the holy trinity right there. They're fun, they're cool, they're weird, they're hot. Yeah. What else do you exactly. need to be in life? That's all. That's Nothing. all you need. So follow What's Up Weirdo podcast if you don't already do it. What are you doing with your life, man? What are you doing? What are you doing? And as always, remember to celebrate the strange. And keep it out of the matrix, man. Bye. <laughs> Bye. And this is the part of the show where we give praise to the all-knowing leaders, supporters of the podcast, cult leaders, coven members, all-around benevolent beings. To Tim M. Got a job as the ghost of Christmas past. The benefits are horrible, but he only has to work like one day a week, so... That's not that many hauntings, I'm surprised. Well, Evan K., it is October, which means that Evan K. will be eating only corn this month. Candy corn, that is. Disgusting. Please don't get scurvy, though, this time, Evan. Maybe, like, I don't know, throw in a few lemon skittles to boost your vitamin C Ooh, this year. Delicious. Katie T., such a powerful psychic. She once read the mind of a worm 300 feet underground. It was thinking about dirt, but I guess that's not that interesting. No. What else would they think of, though? No, I don't know. Adam Kay, the original model for Frankenberry of serial fame, and for the captain from Captain Crunch. His range is amazing. Truly, truly amazing. John S. has pledged to carve a pumpkin every day this Halloween season. His wrists are aching, his carving knife is bent, but he will soldier on. Caitlin R., who is convinced the pumpkin-shaped Reese's cups taste different than the regular ones. They do. I heard Reese's sent two men in black suits to her house to tell her to keep quiet. What secrets are you hiding, Reese's? Alex C., inventor of a time machine that can move forward and backwards in time by 30 seconds at a time. Not that helpful, unless you just dropped your piece of toast and want to go back in time and save it. Better be quick, though. You only have 30 seconds to change time. Jeff S. The S is short for Skellington. That's right. Jeff and Jack Skellington are brothers. Lenore M. Once a human woman was bitten on the neck by a fruit bat 
and now has the ability to turn into a vampire. A fruit-eating vampire, which is really the ideal situation. There's so many good fruits, and, like, blood only has one flavor, yeah. you know? True, true. Justin W., who went undercover to find out the true meaning of the monster mash. Some say he fell victim to the graveyard smash. They did the mash. Molly M., the owner of a pumpkin patch with a no-smashing-pumpkins policy. The action and the band. She just doesn't get the appeal of Billy Corgan. I get that. Wee. <laughs> Steve S. I heard Steve S. is actually a real-life ghost. Which would explain why we've never seen him outside of Waverly Hills Sanatorium. Hmm. hmm. What a coincidence. Coincidence, Steve. Thank you to all of our coven members on Patreon. Without you, we are nothing. We're nothing. We're not even little players in a simulation created by some sort of old god of yore. <laughs> We're nothing. We're not even here. Or are we here? We're because not even real. Is this reality real? I don't even know anymore. Nobody knows. Without you, though, I know that we are not worthy no matter what is We're real not. and what is not real. Truly not worthy. <laughs> Keanu! 